initiating startup. You're listening to the Loud and Queer podcast, Australia's only national radio show by and for queer youth. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Loud and Queer. Welcome to season three. It has officially begun. Uh, I'm Sammy. I am a. My preferred pronouns are he, him. I am pansexual, demisexual. I'm joined by Wolfie. And uh, my name is Wolfie, and my I am I am 22, and I use they and them. And we are joined by Laura as well. Hi, I'm Laura. I'm 20. I identify as queer, and you can call me she, her, or they, them. Awesome. Yeah. So we're going to be on for about six weeks, and then we're going to hand it off to another team. So I hope you enjoy our voices and our company for that time. Uh, coming up on the show, we have first some queer news. Uh, then we're going to be talking about queer heroes and then finishing off with the classic Froth or Not. But for now, here's a song by Soak called Sea Creatures. And yeah. Hi, you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. My name is Laura and we just heard... Sea Creatures by Soak from Northern Ireland. We're talking about um, queer news topics today. Um, To start with, I wanted to talk about the New York Times uh, cartoon of Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. It's kind of a weird situation where they uh, tweeted a cartoon of Trump and Putin sort of acting like a, a couple and kind of... Um, insinuating that their collusion or their admiration of each other was like wrong or dirty just because it was like a like a male male relationship so yeah it was kind of at first I think a lot of queer people were like oh that's not so bad and I think that might be because it's so normalized and like we just sort of normalize like gay being kind of a bit of an insult you know like kids say it in the playground like oh that's gay like I noticed that a lot growing up and now we sort of have like these cartoons kind of continuing to normalize it and I think that was a bit strange and then I kind of read more about it and it was sort of like when you equate gay with being bad kind of just adds to that stigma um, and yeah I thought it was like a really interesting to bring to light interesting thing to bring to light so yeah awesome yeah it it definitely is problematic to use use queerness as like shock value mm. and uh yeah it, it's seen often and that's probably the the f- not even the first but like one of many murals that are getting made about putin and trump and yeah 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 there was one i <clears throat> saw on the berlin wall last year similar thing where they were kissing um in this cartoon it kind of is meant to emulate like a high school romance like they're riding half naked on a unicorn together through clouds and like kissing in a car and it's just very um it's like supposed to be shocking but you're kind of just sitting there like this feels strange to be shocked about there are other ways to criticize people for their policies yeah absolutely yeah um yeah what i wanted to talk about was uh some some fun queer television facts but before then, I just wanted to make a quick acknowledgement to um, something that has happened in the last week. So uh, l- last week, it marked the five-year anniversary since the opening of the Australian offshore detention centres on Manus and Nauru. Uh, so without getting too political, I just want to acknowledge that the, the gay men stuck in these centres on Manus and the fact that they're trying to seek asylum in a country that accepts them for who they are, but they're now stuck in a country where homosexu- homosexuality is illegal. Um, there's an article on The Guardian that was 
uh, published a few months ago by Baruz Bashani, who's a journalist on Manus Island, called uh, The Gay, Transgender and Bisexual Men on Manus, A Force into Silence. Uh, if you don't know about this, it I strongly recommend the article. It's a really interesting read. Um, and yeah, it's just a... I just wanted to acknowledge that because, yeah, it has been five years now. Mm-hmm. Moving on and taking a very uh, l- taking a very strong left turn, we're going to be talking about some fun news about queer television. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, the Emmy nominations were a week ago and just, like, announcing what was nominated and what has the potential to win. And uh, RuPaul's Drag Race scored 12 Emmy nominations. Wow. Which, yeah... Uh, I definitely think, like, Drag Race has a lot of problems, um, but the fact that it's just scored so many Emmys is huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the for me, I, I'm happy to see that show, like, win and do so well, or hopefully win, because it means that we may see more drag shows and just more queer television in general. Um, but Queer Eye also scored four nominations, which is well-deserved. Yeah. Um, do either of you watch Queer Eye or...? Oh, I watched uh, the first episode and gotta. It's pretty good. Gotta get back into it. I think it's pretty interesting that you bring this up. That um, it just goes to show that with all these nominations, that queer t- like queer queerness as a whole is slowly being more accepted into everyday society. Yeah. Yeah, not just um, not just queer eye, but so many uh, queer TV shows and movies being introduced to Netflix at the moment. It's pretty incredible to see. Yeah, another great show that only had just started coming out, so it wasn't going to get any nominations, but I just want to shout it out. haven't actually started watching it yet either, but I heard it's very good. It's called Pose, and it's about um, the kind of voguing scene in New York City, I believe. I'm going to maybe start it and talk about it next week, potentially. Yeah, that Mm. sounds good. Yeah, no, yeah. um, to go back to Queer Eye, though, yeah, I watched a few episodes earlier this week because I hadn't seen it either. And, yeah, it was just really great. It's just, like, a very normal reality TV show, I guess, like makeover, renovation. Mm. But it, it's, yeah, obviously all five of the hosts are um, identify as gay men and they go and they just make a, a straight man's life better. Yeah. <laughs> not always straight, you though, actually. That. <laughs> yeah, and, it you know, they... They kind of it's the 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 subheading is more than a makeover because they are they all have very good life experience and they um yeah they change lives and I don't know I cried a few times it's a really good show <laughs> <laughs> anyway moving on Wolfie well moving on to um so a bit more queer entertainment news um, Scarlett Johansson has dropped out of Robin Tug um which is a big step. I guess for like the trans community that a celebrity would actually finally um, give us the recognition and like the respect to pull out of a movie in which um, Scarlett Johansson, a cis uh, a cis woman, would was going to play a a trans man. Um, but yeah, so that is that is some good news. Um, on other news, um, not many people know that there is a film coming out sometime later this year called Adam, and in that, uh, it is a it's it is basically it's based on a book about a a cis man who pretends to be a trans man to date a lesbian, and that is problematic in so many ways. But 
Um, just want to let everyone know that that is actually a thing and that is pretty, pretty problematic. What are you guys' thoughts on it? Yeah, I had no idea about the film coming out. And yeah, it, it sounds pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, and the, thi- the surprising thing is that it is being directed by a trans man um, who has actually worked on the Stan show, Transparent, as well. Um, but regardless, um, it's supposed to be billed as a, a romantic comedy, but it is something that is very... It's very frightening, to say the least. Like it's, like, it's like two steps back when we have so many queer, great queer films coming out this year. A lot of people say, I think, like, it's acting, you shouldn't have to have that life experience, but in regards to representation, it sort of makes sense to just include people who have previously not been given these kinds of positions and platforms and jobs in general, you know, when queer people have been marginalised a lot and kind of kept out of these industries, it's actually good to see, like, more representation from people who really do have the lived experience. So Mm. that is kind of a positive step, seeing Scarlett Johansson sort of recognise that. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, Trace Lissetti, who is an actor on Transparent, actually uh, tweeted out in regards to, like, Scarlett Johansson leaving, saying... Uh, I wouldn't be as upset if I was getting the same rooms as Jennifer Lawrence or Scarlett for cis roles, but we all know that is not the case. So I think that kind of sums up um, why it's it's a good thing that Scarlett left and we can get a more diverse casting for a film that should have it. Mm, Yes, definitely. definitely. And that is our queer news segment. And the next... So coming up next uh, is we are going to play... Make Me Feel by Janelle Monet with a bit of a language warning on that. Did you know we have a Facebook group? Find us on Facebook in the Sin Nation Loud and Queer Community Cafeteria. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. Uh, I'm Sammy and the song you just heard was uh, I'll Never Want a Boyfriend by Beck Sandridge and before that was Make Me Feel by Janelle Monet. Uh, Janelle Monet has a new album out called Dirty Computer, which that song is from, and it has an amazing visual album that you can find online. I highly recommend it. Anyway, I'm joined by Wolfie and Laura, and we're talking about queer heroes. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So today, um, yes, yeah, so about queer heroes. So what do you, do you guys have any heroes from the queer community? Mine is Janelle Monae. <laughs> of course. Yeah, Janelle Monae is pretty awesome. Um also a really big fan of Lena Waithe. She was the, um, I can't remember her character's name, but in Master of None, um, she has this really great episode where they kind of reiterate every year, like her Thanksgiving with her family. And like each time it's a different phase of her kind of coming out, introducing like her girlfriend of that year like seeing that, yeah. seeing how like her uh, her family adapts to it it's really interesting but also huge fan of like YouTube uh, queer YouTubers like oh, yeah. Rose and Rosie Ash Hardell uh, Steph Senyati people that kind of like front and center with sexuality and gender issues but mm. also just really funny amazing people yeah so I guess um what what defines a hero to you guys, and like particularly a queer hero? Yeah, um, well, I think personally for me, I don't have any, like, 
any queer hero it at this time particularly yeah particularly at this time but for me like for someone to be my queer hero they have to be i guess someone who's like in a similar situation as me i guess like is like a a trans mask person of color just because it is somewhat comforting and like uplifting to see someone who's on a similar journey as you in life and maybe like you know if they are successful then you're like i mean yeah like they would like they overcome the odds and i guess that's like it's like gives you a bit of hope that like yeah i can do that too mm. yeah no absolutely yeah for me to go back to genomine um yeah she identifies as pan as well so that is just like a huge reason as to why she's a hero to me because it's like oh wow this person who is like in the mainstream american media also i'm not a person of color but she is a person of color and she is just like completely herself and doing amazing things and it's like wow you really could do anything or it makes me feel that way at least yeah yeah mm. but yeah. yeah i guess i admire people who are also you know just like embracing all parts of themselves like genomine is really awesome she's just kind of getting on my radar now um, Lena Waithe is also a person of colour and I think she just identifies as lesbian but yeah people who kind of explore what it means to be queer I think are probably the people I re- relate to the best just because it's a very elastic sort of definition I really appreciate that mm. yeah I was I was thinking about like how to define a hero particularly and mm. I, de- I decided that for me a hero has to be someone who I admire for their courage, honesty, and ability to use, like, the platforms they have to do good things. And so, like, for me, a, a queer hero is someone who is, like, courageous and honest and, like, able to promote the queer community and, yeah. like, support queer people. It's mm. a pretty perfect definition. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is pretty good. Um, well, I guess we want to end this segment on saying that if you're out there like for our listeners out there that if you can't find a hero whether queer or not that you you know that you really look up to or or identify just remember that as corny as it sounds that you can be your own hero and that whatever struggles you encounter in life that is that is your journey that is your hero's journey and this this is Wolfie with Laura and Sammy and we just we're wrapping up this segment with uh, by playing this next song uh, called On the Regular with, by Shamir. This is me on the regular saying hello. You are listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. I am Sammy and in the studio with me is Wolfie and Laura. Uh, we're going to continue the segment that we were talking about, which is Queer Heroes. Um, so, yeah, for me... Uh, Someone that was a queer hero to me when I was very young was David Bowie. Uh, so I felt like I wanted to kind of talk about it because I have a lot of feelings about him. Um, so he's someone who is kind of often credited as, like, a great queer hero, I guess. Mm. I found this quote by um, Arnold Wayne Jones from writing for the Dallas Voice, and he wrote, Stonewall may have been the start of the gay rights movement, but without Bowie, can you imagine it would have gained any traction in every corner of society? Oh, that is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hu- it's a huge take, very, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I wrote an article about Bowie last year. There was a um, a tribute show on for him uh, in my home city of Perth. And uh, it was really interesting because, obviously, I hadn't grown up during 
the time when he was really popular um but very interesting to see the journey he took in like challenging like gender norms and like obviously he's known for being very androgynous but also just kind of owned it which is really cool yeah Um, it was great to sort of read about that history in a time when you think of as like nobody was out and he just kind of did it yeah and and making note all of making note of all that and like acknowledging that he he is looked up to by a lot of people and there's nothing wrong with that um i'm gonna go into the reasons as why he's not a queer hero to me anymore oh um so yeah Mm. (laughs) so like um yeah he was courageous in being able to like express queerness but he mostly did it through his characters um and like it was a time when it wasn't very when it was very like taboo to do so but um like in his decade-long career I couldn't seem to find him like actively standing up for the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. um, in like any real significant way when you compare him to someone like Jin Monet. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and something I could find though was that he had is his alleged sexual misconduct with an underage group in the 70s. Oh no. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> Which other than being illegal um, shows that he may have been a bit manipulative. Um, and yeah, just that's generally unheroic. Mm. Something I came across in my research was that he actually, I think in the 90s or maybe in the like early 2000s, kind of admitted that it was all a bit staged and he was pretty much almost exclusively attracted to women. Yeah. And so it was sort of like, he did pioneer something, but he didn't really actually take ownership of it in the end. So I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, and then just, like, to compare him, again, I feel like I'm talking about Janelle Monáe a lot. <laughs> this won't be every week, but um, she she is, like, such a queer hero to me because she is confident in who she is. She's not compromising when it comes to expressing that through her art. And she uses her celebrity status to promote causes and people she believes in. So she's, mm. she's always on Twitter um, talking about, like, things that she doesn't like, things that she does like, people that she wants to get behind and that she wants her fans to get behind. And yeah, and again, she currently identifies as Pan, which is really inspiring for me because it just makes it feel like it's a it's okay thing to be, I guess. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, do you uh, this like sorry? <clears throat> do you have any like queer heroes? I guess like closer to home, like maybe friends or family. Does anyone? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> um, absolutely. I. I obviously am not going to, like, name names or anything, but, like, yeah, a lot of my friends who, who do identify as queer, I really look up to, and just, like, I'm just, like, proud of people and inspired by people who are comfortable in being themselves, even when it's always not necessarily going to be um, looked as a positive thing, or, like, people, there are still people that aren't going to like that, and the fact that they, they don't care about that, and it's just like, well, I'm going to be me because that's like i'm not going to change my myself for the people around me which mm. is yeah it's it's just super inspiring yeah one of my best friends came out to me um as gay back when i lived in perth and i'd been friends with him for about 5 years and had no idea i was very clueless um and very shocked i was like what no way but um yeah it was really great to sort of uh as we um you know, became adults and could go out to gay bars. It was, like, interesting to explore that and have a friend that I could join in on with that. 
And then after moving to Melbourne, moved in with like some really amazing housemates um, who just kind of like made me more comfortable because they were so comfortable in their queerness and they're a few years older than me. So it was really amazing to see them just going about their lives, being very like proud of themselves and, you know, just kind of immersing myself in queer culture in Melbourne has been really interesting gave me the courage to like come out to my sister earlier this year oh wow yeah so that's like been a big journey and I think definitely knowing people in real life are like makes that a lot easier um it's not necessary that's why celebrities are great when they are so loud about it like Janelle Monet. but um if you can find those people it's a great little family I think Mm, yeah that that is very inspiring yeah (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, <laughs> went on a bit of a tangent, but yeah, do you, do either of you two sort of feel that kind of thing that it's important to have that community around you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty much had, well, like a very similar experience to you when I moved here. I moved into a share house with older queer people and yeah, that just made me a lot more like confident and like comfortable with myself, especially coming from Darwin, which is like a pretty small town, mm-hmm. pretty encouraged to be a bit more cis and straight. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was just, like, very used to suppressing it. And then, like, coming here and moving into a house where it's like, oh, hey, we're gay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's just, just the way it is. It's, it's like, so casual. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah, well, well, I think that is that is about it for um, our discussion on queer heroes. And coming up next is Shade Away by Electric Fields. Oh, uh Sorry, I think we've replaced it with Inma by Electric Fields, but from the same EP, oh. uh, both excellent <laughs> songs. But yeah, here it is, Inma by Electric Fields. You're listening to Loud and Queer. I remember when we were little, we would hear... You just heard Till It Kills Me by Montaigne, and before that was uh, Inma by Electric Fields. Um, our next topic is about Is Froth or Not, which is our weekly uh, what we might have liked or disliked over the week. Um, so we'll start with Wolfie. Oh yeah, so I have a bit of a weird, weird one. So basically, uh, two nights ago, I got I got home from work like pretty late, like 10, and I was like, oh, I'm too lazy to cook, so I decided to go get some KFC down the road. So went down the road, got KFC. As I was walking back, I went to the gate, and I opened the gate, and I saw that my, my housemate's light was on, her room light, and I was like... So I closed the gate, put my key in the door, and I was like, oh, the light is off now. Okay, so went in, and I was like, Nicola, how dare you? You you, you knew I was coming back home, but you just decided to, like, switch. And you were in your room, and you decided to, like, switch off the light and run upstairs. Like, how dare you? Like, and I was like, it was, it was jokingly, of course. So she looked at me, and she was like, oh, what are you talking about? I was upstairs the whole time. And I was like, what do you mean? I saw your light, your room light on. And she was like, no, what, what, why? And, dun, dun, and dun, dun, dun. exactly. <laughs> and the, the thing is, apparently it's happened twice before this, like, this is the second time. Ooh. And so I think pretty sure my house is haunted. There've been things that have been going on at night. I get touched at night by something. What? Yeah, it's Whoa, really this... weird. Like, Where? How? Oh, like, there was this, like, I was sleeping, like, half asleep, and I felt like something grabbed my head, and it was, like, trying to pull me out of bed. But no. I don't know, like, that are you serious? Because, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're kidding. 
Yeah, I was about to ask you if, it was, if that was a froth or a nut froth, but that's definitely oh, a nut that's froth. That's a nut froth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I first moved into my share house, I thought uh, it might be haunted because there was a lot of scratching going on in the ceiling and oh, no. in the walls. And then I realized that I've moved to Victoria and there are possums everywhere. So <laughs> that's a definite nut, but still... Uh, <laughs> kind of keen on the whole like haunted house thing oh, just yeah. not in my own house you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah I feel. <laughs> um sammy how about you uh yeah well my i had a had a very good week but my um my biggest trust was definitely that i went to the movies which i barely go to oh. um and mm. i went to see this documentary called her sound her story which is about um it's like pushing women in the music australian music industry to the forefront and so it's like doc like interviews with over 40 female musicians or like people in the music industry oh, wow. and yeah cool. i've been wanting to see it for like months now but it's like completely independent or like mm. pretty independent so there's just not a lot of screenings of it and i like mm. missed the premiere then i missed then i was in darwin for the premiere and i missed oh, it no. i just yeah i just like me in this movie it's just like eluded me <laughs> I just haven't been able to. it's but, ghosted you <laughs> yeah they had they had like a week run at nova and i was like this is my chance. So I just went by myself after uni class and oh, sat yeah. down and watched it. And yeah, it was amazing. And what like, exactly does it focus on? Uh, it it kind of covers a range of topics, but it, it's just like like the the stuff that women have to put up with in the music mm. industry, like particularly dealing with men who maybe are going to assume that they can't do things. Or there was one point where they interviewed some like older female musicians like Linda and Ricka Bull, who I love. And they mm. were talking about how after they had kids that people just like kind of assumed they were going to retire and it's like no and no. They're, they're still <laughs> making music now oh wow mm. and yeah it's just amazing they also um talked to okenyo and mojo juju who are both queer artists and talking about how that has like affected them or like and mojo juju is very interesting actually because she was saying that um she's someone's like wow like what's it like being a queer musician in the industry and she's like oh hadn't even really thought about it <laughs> um, she's just because Mojo Juju is just amazing. If she's pretty you, incredible, yeah. yeah. Uh, have you seen her new music video? Yeah. Oh my god. So the, good. I don't actually have the name, but the person who directed that music video was one of the um like directors for this film. Oh, it was kind of like no a co- collaboration with a lot of people, but yeah. So it's like a bit of a passion project. Mm. Yeah, I would definitely uh, check that music video out for anyone who hasn't. So. Native got, tongue. Um, yeah, native title, that's it. Um, it's got a very good, or a couple of very good breakdowns of what it all means uh, online, so you should check that out. Um, probably my favourite thing, my biggest froth this week, was seeing Disobedience, finally. That was another movie that I had, uh, that had, like, escaped me. Um, so it's that one starring Rachel Wise and Rachel McAdams. Um, and it's all about them uh, kind of growing up in an Orthodox Jewish community as women who like women. And kind of the process that Rachel McAdams' character, Esty, goes through in like leaving the community or trying to leave. Um, she's been stuck in it for a long time, uh, convinced to marry a man and uh, her affair sort of pushed Rachel Wise out of the community and she comes back to visit and it's this whole thing that explores like what it means to be part of kind of a very uh, traditional community. It's really interesting. Um, My biggest not is that 
there's a spitting scene that I don't know if a you two have, have heard about, um, <laughs> but it's <laughs> probably the only part of the movie where I was questioning what's going on. But uh, yeah, it's a really good movie. I would recommend that one too. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely be checking that out. Yeah, yeah. especially the spitting scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little, a little warning for anyone that wants to go see it. The rest <laughs> of the movie is fantastic. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, does anyone have anything? Any um, any other experiences this week? Because uh, I, oh my gosh, this week has been intense. Um, just to work was crazy <laughs> i mean i i sell tv to in in a hospital and uh you sell tv yeah yeah so basically if someone switches on the tv i just go and be like hey i'm here to collect money but it's just oh. it's a really fast-paced job and it's just woof, really do you have to pay for really tv crazy. in a hospital oh yeah you do yeah i have no idea i've never even stayed in a hospital oh wow. I see, yeah. Well, sometimes Quite it gets a bit creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good stuff, good stuff. Mm. So, um, I guess that is a, that is about it for Froth or Not. And the next song coming up is... Uh, Moaning Lisa. It's Carrie, I Want to Go. Um, Moaning Lisa are like a Melbourne punk rock outfit. They're from the Poison City family, which is the same record label that publishes Camp Cope. So, mm-hmm, yeah. That's- very, very good punk rock music. But yeah, here it is. Carrie um, by Moaning Lisa on Loud and Queer. Hi, so this is uh, Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. I'm Laura. And I'm Wolfie. And I am Sammy. Uh, so today we've talked about uh, queer news, including Donald Trump, Vladimir Putin's uh, cartoon. And uh, we talked about um, Scarlett Johansson and the new... Problematic film, Adam, that's coming out sometime this year. And we talked about uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and Queer Eye absolutely smashing the Emmy nominations and getting a bunch of noms. Yeah, uh, we discussed our queer heroes from uh, musicians, actors, all the way down to friends and ourselves. And we uh, had a little Froth or Not discussion, including some great movies focusing on queer women um and and my haunted house <laughs> haunted house um so that's just about it for us you just heard um moaning lisa's carrie i want a girl um and thanks for listening uh you can catch up with sin related uh, loud and queer related things on Twitter at SinLoud, Facebook group, the Sin Nation Loud and Queer Community Cafeteria, and our podcast, Omni. You can tune in to hear Loud and Queer streaming live on SinNation at sin.org.au or on digital radio every Sunday from 4pm Australian Eastern Standard Time or 2pm if you're on the West Coast. Our podcast music is by accident. You can find more of their music on Bandcamp. You can find more of our episodes on Omni, Stitcher and iTunes and on Twitter at SinLoud. Loud and Queer is produced on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, whose sovereignty was never ceded.